The following presentation is from North Pine Baptist Church. We trust that it will help you learn more about God and His message for the world. For more information and to connect with us, visit npbc.org.au. said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, Feed my lambs. He said to him a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, Tend my sheep. He said to him the third time, Simon, Son of John, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he had said to him the third time, Do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, Feed my sheep. Truly, truly, I say to you, when you were young, you used to dress yourself and walk wherever you want it. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands, and another will dress you, and carry you where you do not want to go. This he said to show by what kind of death he was to glorify God. And after saying this, he said to him, Follow me. Peter turned, and saw the disciple whom Jesus loved following him. The one who also had leaned back against him during the supper and had said, Lord, who is it that is going to betray me? When Peter saw him, he said to Jesus, Lord, what about this man? Jesus said to him, If it is my will that you remain until I come, what is that to you? You follow So the saying spread abroad among the brothers that this disciple was not to die. Yet Jesus did not say to him that he was not to die, but if it is my will that he remain until I come, what is that to you? This is the disciple who is bearing witness about these things and who has written these things. And we know that his testimony is true. Now there are also many other things that Jesus did. Were every one of them to be written, I suppose that the world itself could not contain the books that would be written. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, please clear our minds, prepare our hearts to hear what you would say to us this morning. May your words, given to us in John chapter 21, guide us and teach us that we may become more like Jesus. That we might be able to serve and follow you wholeheartedly. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now, I've been really, really, really enjoying this sermon series in John. It's been really wonderful to hear um, so many different preachers and 
particularly uh, as they've applied the word of God's truth to my heart. I love the fact that, that Jesus chooses the, the cracked and broken vessels, even fishermen, for his blood. And, and last week, came man, what did he say? He said, God uses crooked sticks to draw straight lines. What an amazing God to serve. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm a, I'm a crooked stick. I've, I've got a number of, of regrets in my life uh, that have shaped me. There are things that I have done that I sincerely wish I hadn't done. Promises that I have made that I didn't keep. I've hurt my friends and my family. And some of my biggest regrets are to do with letting down. And I feel a sense of shame when I think of them. Well, Simon Peter has also let Jesus down massively. Turn with me to John chapter 18. In John chapter 18, on the night when Jesus was arrested and is brought to the high priest's courtyard in verse 17. And it says, the servant girl at the door said to Peter, you also are not one of this man's disciples, are you? He said, I am not. Now the servants and officers had made a charcoal fire because it was cold, and they were standing and warming themselves. I'm hoping to do this when we go up to the camp after this. Peter also was with him, standing and warming himself. And look on to verse 25, at the very end of verse 25, it says, so they said to him, You also are not one of his disciples, are you? He denied it and said, I am not. One of the servants of the high priest, a relative of the man whose ear Peter had cut off, asked, Did I not see you in the garden with him? Peter again denied it and at once abused the cold. So three times, three times Simon Peter publicly denies Jesus. He denies being his disciple, denies being with him. Three times as he stands around the charcoal fire. And now here we are. We're at the end of John's Gospel in chapter 21, and Peter is again by divine providence, standing by a charcoal fire early in the morning after another long night 
And three times, Jesus asked Peter whether he loves him. Follow along with me back in John chapter 21, in verses 15, 16, and 17, where it says, When they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? He said to him a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He said to him a third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? So here we see Jesus, the gracious, the merciful, the forgiving Jesus, lovingly restoring Simon Peter after one of the lowest points in his life. Jesus asked Peter out loud, publicly, in the company of all the people there, three times, do you love me? He helps Peter. He helps Peter face his hopes. He helps Peter overcome his shame. And we're told that after the third time that Jesus asked the question, Peter is grieved. And you can understand why it's grieved, can't you? For Jesus knows all things. He knew that Peter had denied him. It wasn't a secret. Jesus knows everything. Peter, the rock, had failed. In fact, Jesus not only knew it, he'd even predicted it. In John chapter 13, before Jesus was crucified, we read from verse 36. He said to Simon Peter, uh, in John 13, 36, it says, Simon Peter said to him, said to Jesus, Lord, where are you going? Jesus answered him, Where I'm going, you cannot follow me now, but you will follow afterward. Peter said to him, Lord, why can I not follow you now? I will lay down my life for you. Jesus answered, Will you lay down your life for me? Truly, truly, I say to you, the rooster will not crow till you have denied me three times. Now, how hard would that be to bear? Impetuous Peter tells his Lord and Savior he, he's willing to lay down his life for his master. He loves Jesus. But his actions say otherwise. He denies Jesus three times, and understandably, Peter is grieved when Jesus questions his love for him. But Jesus doesn't let Peter dwell in shame or regret or brokenness. He doesn't let him retreat to his former way of life. He challenges Peter to love, and he restores Peter. He sets him back on the right path. He lovingly forgives him. He offers him mercy and grace. He feeds him breakfast with, with the fish that he miraculously provided and restores him in front of his mates, in front of his fellow disciples. And he, he does this with a threefold affirmation that Peter truly does love Jesus. Now, did you notice that, that when he... Jesus asked Simon Peter whether he loved him. Um, he calls him Simon, son of John, each time. Now, 
does Jesus do this? Why is he using this, this full name, this family name? Now, I haven't shared this with everyone here before, but some of my close friends know that my name actually isn't Doug. My real name is Shane. Everyone calls me Doug, though. That's my real name. But my, my formal name is Shane. Now, I only typically get called Shane, uh, or my full name, usually when I'm in trouble, <laughs> most of the time, uh, or on formal occasions. Yeah. Well, Jesus is using Peter's full name here. And that's what you do when you first meet someone, isn't it? Or when you're in a formal setting. You use official names. And so Jesus is going, he's going with Simon, he's taking him back, back to when he first met Simon, to when he first invited Simon Peter to be his disciple, to follow him. Let me read to you in John chapter 1, this encounter. In chapter 40, it says, that's uh, right, in chapter 1 verse 40 it says, One of the two heard John the Baptist, that is, speak and follow Jesus, was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first found his own brother Simon and said to him, We have found the Messiah, which means Christ. He brought him to Jesus. Jesus looked at him and said, You are Simon, the son of John. You shall be called Cephas, which means Peter. So why is Jesus speaking Simon here at, at the very end of the Gospel of John in, in exactly the same way that he did at the very beginning? Well, one possibility is that he's, he's giving him a fresh start. He's inviting Peter to start again. He's giving him a do-over. It's, it's a fresh start. It's a clean slate. Three times Peter denies Jesus, and now three times Jesus giving Peter the opportunity to own him again. And, and isn't, this, isn't this what Jesus does for us? Isn't it? When we suffer, because we will, Jesus gives us that clean start. When we repent, when we seek his forgiveness, it, it doesn't matter how shameful our behavior. It doesn't matter how badly you've let him down. Just like Simon Peter, it doesn't matter how dreadful your sin. He will welcome you back. He won't wash his hands of you. You are never so far away from him that all hope is gone. Do you love me? That's what Jesus is asking. Do you love me? Do you love me? So Jesus is after Peter's heart. And the same question put to Peter is put to you and I today. Do you love Jesus? See, McLaren states, Jesus Christ asks each one of us, not for obedience primarily, not for repentance, not for vows, not for conduct, but for a heart. And that being given, all the rest will follow. So let's have a look again at verse 15. Because the question that Jesus asked Simon has, has caused a little bit of debate. Simon, son of John, 
do you truly love me more than these? And the question is, what are the these? Is, is Jesus asking Peter if he loves him more than the fish? Or is he saying, do you love me more than your job? Your career? Is he saying to Peter, do you love me more than the other disciples? Or is he saying, do you love me more than these people love me? You see, there's lots of different ways that commentators interpret this, this particular question, statement. But for me, for me, the main thing to take away is that to be a disciple of Jesus, to be a follower of Jesus, we need to love him more than things. We need to love him more than our job, more than our profession. We need to love him more than other people. Jesus is to be our primary love. Jesus asking Peter, do you love me the most? And he asked that of us today. And Peter responds, yes, Lord, you know I love you. Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Lord, you know everything. You know all things. You are God. You know I love you. And how does Jesus respond now? How does Jesus respond to Peter's declaration? He says, Feed my sheep. So at the end of verses 15, 16, and 17, Jesus says, If you love me, then feed my lambs. If you love me, tend my sheep. If you love me, feed my sheep. Now, now, Peter has squarely faced this, this point of failure, this, 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 this defining moment in his life. And what does Jesus do? He gives him a job. He gives him a purpose, a new purpose. So the chief shepherd is leaving. And Jesus commissions that the restored Peter to look ahead, to look behind, to look after his sheep, to tend his people. If you really love me, Peter, you will do as I command. You'll feed my hands. And see, that's what that's what we as followers of Jesus need, isn't it? We need feeding. We need tending. We need to be fed from the word of God. See, earlier Jesus had miraculously provided them with fish. After being fishing all night and caught nothing. Feeds and breakfast. Just as he'd been lovingly feeding them spiritually for the three years that they've been following him, that they've been with him. And now, Jesus is telling Peter, you need to do the same for others. You need to feed and tend others. You want to exercise the office of shepherd to Jesus' followers, not the chief shepherd. You had to exercise the office of shepherd to Jesus' followers. And that's exactly what Peter goes on to do. We read in 1 Peter chapter 5, when he's speaking to the elders, he says in verse 2, Shepherd the flock of God that is among you, exercising oversight, not under compulsion, but willingly, as God would have you, not for shameful gain, 
but eagerly, not dom- not domineering over those in your charge, but being examples to the flock. You see, just as Jesus said, Peter, Peter is now commissioned to feed Jesus' flock. Now that you've been served by me, now go and serve others. Willingly, lovingly. Isn't this discipleship in action? This is what those in Christian ministry do the same. We are to disciple others. We are to serve others. We are to live a life of example and practice hospitality for the sake of others. That's what the love of Jesus means. That's how Peter could show Jesus that he really loved him. And discipling, feeding others, is how we too can show that we love Jesus too. So after restoring Peter, after commissioning Peter to feed his sheep, Jesus then calls Peter to follow him. So follow along with me in verse 18. In verse 18 we read, Truly, truly, I say to you, when you were young, you used to dress yourself and walk wherever you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands, and another will dress you and carry you where you do not want to go. This he said to show by what kind of death he was to glorify God. And after saying this, he said to him, Follow me. So now that Jesus is restored and commissioned Peter, Jesus again tells Peter to follow him, just like he did at the beginning. That's his call to follow Jesus for the rest of his life, no matter what. And Jesus is telling Peter where this, this path of loving and following Jesus will actually ultimately lead. For when Peter was younger, he was, he was carefree. He was free to dress himself. He could go wherever he wanted. But Jesus states that when Peter, he's saying in the future, Peter, when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you. Someone else will lead you where you don't want to go. Now, I don't know if you know this, but in those days, if, if you're stretching out your hands, that's, that's an expression symbolizing crucifixion. That's, that's where the, 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 the prisoner, they'd be forced to stretch out their hands, and so that, that beam of the cross would be fastened to them. And, and they'd be forced to go where they didn't want to go that place of crucifixion. So do you remember those words that read out earlier in John chapter 13, verse 36, where he says to Peter, where I am going, you cannot follow now, but you will follow later. Well, this is what he's talking about. Jesus tells Peter how he's going to die. And that's exactly what happens. Peter suffers martyrdom under Nero around AD 64 to AD 68 and according to Clark he says, ancient
Jesus died at stake that Peter was crucified. And that he deemed it so glorious a thing to die for Christ that he begged to be crucified with his head downwards. Not considering himself worthy to die in the same posture in which his Lord did. Do you love him, Peter? Because only love for me will allow you to endure, to follow me, to walk this path that will glorify God. You see, if someone is going to be used by God to bring glory to Him, then you're only going to be able to do this with a heart full of love, with a heart full of love for Jesus. That is how you bear such heavy loads. That is how you bear suffering. By loving Jesus. Because he first loved us. Now, evidently after breakfast, uh, Jesus and Peter have gone for a walk. And, and at one point, Peter just turns around and he sees, uh, sees the disciple whom Jesus loved following Lovely picture, isn't it? Now, this is John, the author of this book. And Peter asks, What about him? Lord, you told me my path that I'm going to die, how my life is going to end. You told me to follow you. What about John? What about him? And, 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 and Jesus responds, and uh, he essentially says, what's that to you? Uh, it's none of your business, Peter. Uh, if, if I wanted to remain alive until I come back, what's that to you? And don't concern yourself with John's future. You don't need to know. What do you need to do? You just need to follow me. Keep on following me, Peter. I'll look after the rest. Now, maybe, maybe you're like me, uh, and instead of staying in my lane, uh, I tend to be looking sideways. Uh, I, I, I tend to compare my life with others. Why do they have it easier? Why is life so much more exciting and interesting for them? Or you know, how are they suffering like I am? Instead, we need to love and follow Jesus wherever he has placed us. And no matter what future he has for us, he calls us to follow the one who does so many things that even the world itself could not contain the books that would be written about what he's done and what he continues to do. glorified God for Peter to die on the cross. It glorified God for John to live to be an old man. Both of them lived radically different lives. But both were doing the exact same thing. Following Jesus. And I pray that that, that may be my story and that, that, may, that may be your story as well. 
that although we may have very different lives, that we are all following Jesus, that we are loving Him, that we're being restored by Him, and that we are telling others about Him. That Jesus restores us when we suffer. He commissions us. And He calls us to follow Him. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this book in the Bible. Thank you that we as Christians can know that when we suffer, when we constantly fall short, when we suffer, we know that you will lovingly restore us, or that you will commission us, and you will call us again to follow you, no matter what path you have for us. Help us not to compare our lives with others, but rather help us to be just solely focused on following you, so that we can better feed others and share with them, so that they too may believe that Jesus is the Christ, Son of God, and that by believing they may have life in His name. His name we do. Thanks for joining us for this presentation from North Pine Baptist Church. For more information and to connect with us, visit npbc.org.au.